Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three, presented as ever by Omaha. Oh, we got a dandy one ready to go for you. Yes, like Babe Ruth in the 32 World Series and Wrigley, I'm pointing out the center field. I'm calling my shot, our shot. This is going to be a good one. Why? Because we have the gold standard of NFL draft analysis, personnel and beyond. Daniel Jeremiah, a.k.a. Move the Sticks. About to join us here, Eddie Spaghetti's ready for that, seated behind the glass on the other side of the conversation with our pal DJ Spaghetti and I will give you a quick couple of best bets here for the middle of the week. But right now, let's get to our guy, DJ. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full. The word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit Gambling Helpline MA.org. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1 800 Gambler or West Virginia, 1 800 Gambler.net, New York, call 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right. Over the last decade, he has emerged as the absolute bell of the draft ball, the go-to source for football fans. And in fact, football teams, he's among the finest Boone, North Carolina-based signal callers of all time, a vanquisher of Demon Deacons, Yosef's best pal and Matt Money Smith's best pal calling LA Chargers games on the radio. 
He's the host of the Move the Sticks podcast. He is Move the Sticks himself, Daniel Jeremiah. What's happening, fella? What's up, Dave? Good to see you, man. How I uh I didn't keep up with hockey this year. How'd the Penguins do? I, I, I'm not I'm not interested in that. I'm a baseball guy now. I don't know if you heard the uh, yeah. news. And your your world Padres are looking pirates. up. That's right. That's right. We don't That's have to be big last. fancy spenders That's like your Padres are. Don't, don't rain on my parade. And by the way, you can rain if you want to on the Buckos. I'm looking forward to 2024 and beyond where they're concerned. Yep. I'm all about 2023 and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I heard oh, nice. one Daniel Jeremiah say Kenny Pickett benefited the most from the draft that just went down. I want to get into that, but I want to have a more expansive conversation. If you're uh, if you're open to that, I'll fire off one of my million questions for you that I have ready to go. We'll see how many we can get in in the next little while here. And we'll start off with this. I'm curious. I mentioned your bell of the ball, but legitimately, you know, people talk about Joe Douglas and Daniel Jeremiah know one another. So obviously you must have some contact as the Aaron Rodgers stuff is going on and everything else. But over the 32 personnel departments, how many legitimately are you bouncing off of? And how many of those, I mean, not just getting insight from where their heads are, but how much of them legitimately say like, hey, DJ, what have you seen on tape? Do you like this guy? Does that happen fairly regularly? Well, I mean, I'd say I have contact with people in all 32 rooms but you know there's probably on a regular basis like you're talking to these guys every week or every few days i would say you're probably more like seven or eight you know teams that you're in constant contact with and then every now and then it's like oh, i haven't checked in with this guy in a while let me check in with him um a lot of it is i mean a lot of it is just talking about players so um you know i i kind of joke with some of them that i feel like i'm the universal cross checker uh so it's just hey you know, I really like this guy. And they'll go, oh, well, our, our scouts are a little bit lower on him. And I might say, well, you know, you should watch him and watch the Missouri game, you know, or something like that. And then sometimes they'll come back to you and say, hey, no, actually, yeah, we need to do some more work on him. We're a little low. Or they'll come back and say, hey, you know, you need to go watch some some more because this guy stinks. Uh, yeah, stuff like that. But but usually it's just we're, we're talking about players. Are you... I don't want to put you on the spot, but how surprised are you as you watch the first round unfold in the second round? Are you like, I know team blank in the second round with that guy sitting there. I know that this guy's coming off the board for that team. Or are you as surprised as, I mean, not the casual fan watching the draft, but you're my, you, you, you do what? 27 mock drafts in advance every year, something like that. Like how much are you throwing smoke screens out there? Like you, you must have a pretty good sense. The Will Anderson call much celebrated that you knew that that trade was going to happen, or at least you forecasted it was going to happen. I'm fascinated by, cause I, I've known you for what now, 12 years or thereabouts, yeah. but I really do feel like, you know, for all of the speculation and all the fun we all have with, with the draft stuff, I feel like, <laughs> that you are sort of actually plugged in on a level that few people not in one of those 32 rooms is plugged in. And are, are, are you, are you like, I know what they're doing here. I just don't want to say it. Well, there's times when they, you know, depending on how it falls, because there's so much variance. And if you, if you don't know one team or you don't have a good feel on one team, which there's numerous teams that you don't have a great feel for. Um, so once that, that player goes where you didn't expect, then it's the domino effect. And so, you know, it's like, okay, you can put stuff in your mock draft, but then one thing gets thrown out of a, you know, out of whack and that screws up the whole thing. But there are, I would say in the first round, after you get out of the first round, all bets are off because anything can happen. But in the first round, usually when you say, okay, this team's picking at 15 or 16 and here's who's available to them. I might, you know, it might be hard to peg them considering the whole board is available, but considering that all these tackles just went and considering this is the last one of the, at this position and they have a need there, you're like, okay. I feel fairly certain that this is what they're going to do, but it doesn't make for good, you know, usually doesn't make for good television if you say that. So you're better no. off saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're, be you're, be you're better, you're better off saying, look, they have, you know, they could go in a couple different directions here. They could get the last tackle that's sitting out there. They could also look on the defensive side of the ball because there's, you know, this could maybe start to run at another position. So you always try and throw out some different options there uh, because it'd be a really, it'd be awful watch if you're just like, yep, I would think this is going to be so-and-so. And then it, there you go. Right. Right. I mean, right. Tony Romo gets tons of credit for like, they're about to throw it to the tight end up the seam here. That is celebrated. Mm -hmm. But if you were doing that, 
people <laughs> basically yeah. shooting yourself in the foot. Like this guy's too informed. And so you have to rein it in. That's what I'm kind of getting but, at. All but right. there are times, there are times to do it though. Like I, I give you an example in this, in this last draft, I knew, um, you know, with, when Buffalo traded ahead of Dallas, it was like, okay, Dalton Kincaid was for me, was clearly kind of highest rated player still there. And if you're going to trade, you're trading to get in front of somebody. Cause you're worried about that team taking your guy. And you're like, oh, who would the Dallas Cowboys be on that's highly rated that they have a need at the position? It's like, oh, obviously they're sitting on the tight end. So Buffalo wanted the tight end. They had to get in front of the Cowboys. So I think in that in that instance, you're good to kind of inform people like, hey, this is why they just did that. You know, I would expect this is probably going to be for the tight end to kind of screw the Cowboys. Hmm. Interesting. Um, all right. Let's uh, range around here. Pro football. And I'll start off with the AFC East. How nervous are the Dolphins about Tua. I mean, one, he's talking about retirement, or he said he at least considered it for obvious reasons. Um, to me, that roster is ready to roll. I think the concerns about the offensive line, you tell me, obviously I'm not yeah. an O-line expert, but it seems like they're all right if they have good health mm. at that position, at the two tackle spots. I think they're as good as anybody in the AFC. Tua being the, the big asterisk with that. I don't know what his state is. I, I mean... It's weird, given where they are here in May, that they're just going to roll forward with Tua without a real uh, bona fide good backup plan. Well, I wouldn't be comfortable with that if that's a two-parter. Are they? It looks like it. Would would I be? No. I mean, that would scare the credit out of me just because of the availability aspect of it. I've, I do think from what we've seen with him when he's been on the field in, in this version of with this offense and these playmakers that it totally works. So I get being sure. confident that if he's out there, you feel like, oh, we can beat anybody. Um, but I don't know how you could feel confident that he's gonna you're gonna be able to run him out there for 17 games. And the last thing you want to have happen is all of a sudden something happens in week two or week three, and now you're staring at you know 13, 14 games of this. So I, you know, we'll see. There's still offseason left. You know, you had some teams that drafted quarterbacks. Oftentimes that maybe frees up some veterans, um, you know, on the backup stuff. And I, yeah, hey, Chase Daniel's still out there, still available. Uh, <laughs> hasn't hung him up yet. So uh, there's always uh, there's always places you can go. It is. I mean, but that's what they're going to have to do. It is a relatively new phenomenon that name brand guys at QB and otherwise become available you know, in August at the very end of cuts and everything. And then you add a guy on the eve of the regular season. I suppose that's what the Dolphins are going to have to do, because as I say, I feel like that Dolphins, right? Maybe I'm overstating it. I think they're about as good as anybody in the AFC loaded as it is. Nobody talks about Um, them. I feel though. I feel like they kind of don't, they don't get a lot of attention for as talented as they are. I agree. And also Jalen Ramsey is there. That's no small addition. Do you think there's any chance weigh in? You're a pro. I know this is a dumb question. Tom Brady wearing the aqua by, let's say, Thanksgiving. I would say. Five percent. Five percent. OK, that's not a that's no, not, not a zero percent. It's not nothing No. We'll see. Oh, by the way, I mean, I'm looking at this. Keep in I'm mind, he at, wanted that team two years ago, but go ahead. I know. I'm looking at all the Steelers shirts. Did I tell you my uh, prize possession that I was able to, to procure for from your Steelers? Oh, no, um, why? So uh, Andy Weidel is uh, you know, a buddy of mine for over 20 years. Is now working with the Steelers. And uh, so we had been in conversation, talking, and and I just out of the blue, I said, you know, I'm going to take my shot here. I said, you know, when they did the Franco uh, tribute and all the guys showed up, wearing their Franco Harris jerseys with the patch on them, celebrating the 50 year. I said, how many, mm. you have an extra one of those lying around? He goes, I, I doubt it, but I'll go see. Um, so lo and behold, the, uh, he had one, they had one left in the equipment room. So I got one of those Franco Harris jerseys with the patch on it. I thought I should have, I should have worn it on here uh, just to try and make you jealous a little bit, but I thought, yeah, cool, well, absolutely. Cool you would have. Yeah. Well, hanging over my uh, my left shoulder back here for the listener is the Steel Curtain jersey I have signed by the original four members of the Steel Curtain, three of which are no longer with us. They're not going to replicate that. And you have something that's a possession for eternity as well. I do want to hear more about Weidel, but all right, I'm going to press forward as a pro because, you know, I want to talk black and gold. Don't try and seduce (laughs) me into a conversation like that. Eddie Spaghetti is sitting right there. He wants to hear about the rest of pro football. Um, Okay. Best, we'll start with the AFC. Best AFC roster minus the QB. 
best AFC roster minus the quarterback. Gosh, I'm I'm tempted to go Cincinnati on that hmm. one. Um, really maybe, still maybe even without Jesse Bates that feels like a major loss for them yeah no? but they but they had signed uh what's his name from Green Bay uh or no no sorry they drafted the kid they drafted the kid from Michigan um who's a who's going to play that role who can play as a nickel who can play high as a safety can do a lot of different things just, this is what happens when we just come off of the draft anybody that's not in this 400 person group that I just finished studying I can never remember uh, going back a year previously who anybody is. But uh, anyways, he's a good player. Uh, uh, Dax, I know. Are Dax you like- Hill. Is it Dax Hill? I think it's Dax Hill. I think I just came uh, came to me right there. Um, there there <laughs> we go. And, and there we go. And, uh, and Eddie's got it there on the screen. Dax Hill. Very nice. Are you like uh, Joe Lenardi? And because uh, I, I feel like I see you around in football season and stuff. But are you envious of what like the bracketologist has carved out? Like that's that's a job. That should take about like, you know, 35 minutes annually. And somehow he's turned it into a full on career. Is that like, (laughs) do you guys bounce off of each other? Like, is there a place where experts on one particular part of sports, like, do you go off to hibernate anywhere? Do you have long places, you know, places to take six month long naps anywhere? I'm fascinated by this lifestyle you've carved out for yourself. Hold on one second. Hey, Joe, hold on. Hey, they want to, they want to, they want to, oh, you don't, he doesn't want to talk, but he, yeah, we, he, he's been season. staying here for, it's, this is our, this is our convention. So he's, uh, he just, he's not, he's not camera ready right now. So, uh, but no, yeah, no, that's pretty incredible. Good for him uh, for carving that out. My thing is different just because you get the fall season with, you know, doing mm-hmm. the charger games with money, travel around. And that's, I think that I didn't know how that was going to go. I've been doing that for five years now. So this would be my sixth year. And when I took that gig, is wow, that's nice, amazing. Yeah, it's gone by fast. But when I when I decided to do that, I was like, man, I I want to make sure this doesn't impact the the preparation for the draft because that's kind of my main my main deal. And now I'm doing these NFL games and 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 traveling around uh, with an NFL team. So I'm like, how is that going to impact it? And then in in fact, it ended up really helping me because I can spend once the season ends. I I'm you know as towards the end of the season, I'm really jumping in watching the players. But I used to have to spend so much time. Uh, through that spring studying the rosters and studying the teams and what teams might do. But the, you know, when you're on the road and you're seeing these guys and you're talking to their general managers and you're talking to their scouting buddies and coaching buddies, it, it kind of helps that preparation process. You're way ahead by the time the season ends. Boy, that's fascinating because you were obviously with the Ravens and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And and so you're plugged in on that level, but by traveling around, you're getting the here and now of what team needs yeah. are. At, at the expense kind of of Saturdays and obsessing over what's happening in the Big Ten on uh, on an October because you're on the road, but then you play catch up from January until the draft. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And if so, so you go bungles there, which is fine, which should be scary to the rest of the AFC, given that they have Joe Burrow, who is the 1A in terms of QBs. Um, but NFC side, minus the QB, best roster. I think this is... This is I mean, actually I, a kind I, of an I, I, interesting. There's a, there's two teams in the NFC. It's the Niners and the Eagles. Sure. So it's whatever you want to come down on that front. I would say best roster. I think the Eagles have more depth. I might take if you're just going to roll out your your 22 guys. I think that's a that's a good discussion. I think the 49ers are. Um, you could go with the 49ers. I'll say the whole collection of the 53 man roster. I'll say the Eagles. I have a I have a new metaphor, whatever it is, that Kyle Shanahan is the drawn butter, as you know. Lobster it by itself is a little overrated. The real mm-hmm. trick is dipping it in the drawn butter. Same goes. Brock Purdy is not delicious. Matt Ryan no. is fine, but you dip him into the drawn butter that is Kyle Shanahan. How far can I mean, is Sam Darnold? I mean, is that tilapia? What are we talking? Cod? I mean, how far down are we? The well are we going to go before Kyle Shanahan can't produce something tasty here? Are they really going to go with Sam Darnold, Trey Lance, or is there, or is the answer still on the outside looking in? Well, I mean, I, I still they believe that it's still Brock from the long. He's going to come. They aren't worried know. about the shot. I, I, I am. I am. You know, to me, I would be really concerned about him being ready at the early portion of the season, but. I know they are very confident in Sam Darnold and what they've, you know, what, what they have there. They feel like they've mm-hmm. gotten somebody. And to the point where they feel like Sam took less money to go there because he knew it was best for him. And they think the marriage with him and Kyle, like he's never had this 
coaching support. He's never had this collection of people around him. So um, they're confident. I told them, I'm like, look, uh, I had a big grade on Sam Darnold. I had a big grade on Trey Lance. So you got to make one of them a really good player here because you got to do me a solid. I can't have I can't have both those guys not do anything during their NFL career. So, I remember that. Yeah, I remember talking I, I like to you about Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. I, Sam, and he is, and they've even said it. I mean, I think somebody, maybe Matt Mayoko, one of the writers up there, said this is the most talented quarterback that's ever played for the 49ers, which is which was, uh, you know. Couple Hall of Famers in there, uh, but just in terms of like this throwing the football, the talent wise, he just has to, you know, he has to be consistent and 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 be that guy we hoped he was going to be coming out. But I'm I'm excited to see him get the chance because at least at that mm-hmm. point in time, if it if he sinks or swims, like the verdict is in, like there's no more. Well, but if he had this or if he had that, um, and you know, hey, if it doesn't work out, you just go. I mean, personally, I just like okay, well, I just whiffed on whiffed on that evaluation. You know, if he can't if he can't work here with the Niners, it's not going to work. I, yeah, agree. I would think this is his last stop. But yeah, people have uh, been singing songs about Darnold since his draft day. As far as that goes, the probably the seminal draft of the last decade is, with all due respect to, what was it, 2017 when Mahomes goes. Yeah. Um, although that's a great one to point at, too, for, I, you know, I talk all the time with, with all due respect to you, Daniel Jeremiah. You're the gold mm-hmm. standard, but you're not 100%. I always say, listen, I'm not impugning anyone individually. I am Mm -hmm. pointing to the fact that it is a very inexact science that we're engaged in here. Even in the QB league, all the obsession about it. I think I'm pretty good at IDing. Like that guy's going to be a good NFL quarterback, but believe it or not, even I have my misses. (laughs) Um, 2018 is the one that Bake goes one and Darnold goes three, right? He went three, right? And uh, And then Lamar Jackson at the back end and Josh Allen's this wild card guy. By definition, some of these guys that just went in the first round are going to hit and some are going to miss best you can. Who are the ones you feel most confident are going to make it in the NFL? And I know situation has a lot to do with it, as you just mentioned with Sam Darnold, but as best you can. Who do you who does Daniel Jeremiah put his stamp of approval on going into 2023 and beyond? So these rookies then this rookie class? Yeah. We just yeah. To who's I mean, like I I you're a nice fella. So mm-hmm. you're probably disinclined to say, like, I don't think that guy's gonna make it. But if you want to tell us, like, I am not real big on on uh, what Bryce Young's gonna do because he's five foot ten um and uh, you know, weighs 128 pounds, which is a legitimate concern that I hold. Well, let's let's um, let's take the big four and then let's rank what you think the best situations are. I'll I'll, I'll give you mine. What I think the the uh, one to four best opportunity for success based on what they have with them. So I would say for me, number one would be would be Bryce Young, and mm-hmm. that's not saying that they have the most talented group around him, but I think the combination of who's coaching him with Frank Reich, I think he'll be, you know, I, I was say, telling somebody, he's going to have his first three interception game. Frank Reich's going to put his arm around him and go, hey, you know, when I, should, let me tell you this story about Jim Kelly uh, and what happened to him, you know, it, it, like he's just going to be a calming influence on him. So I'll say that Bryce won. I'll say um, Richardson too, just because hmm. they have – Th- that that was a perfect place for him to go. The the presence of Jonathan Taylor there. I think Shane Steichen having broken in a, some some quarterbacks over the last few years. I think he's going to be able to relate and to to create an offense that suits him and fits him. I think playing in that division, playing indoors um, with the, with an offensive line that needs to play better that wasn't good last year. But I think that they'll be able to build things around him um, to give him a, a successful chance. I'll say. Stroud. I think he has the best. I I think he has the best rookie season because of the lay. Oh, I think he'll be able to run. Know, I, yeah. So, yeah, worst case scenario, he's going to put up, as I said last week, from a fantasy perspective, at least if if you're a fantasy enthusiast, he's going to give you the best season because of uh, his ability to run some touchdowns in, which rookie QBs have done since the dawn of time, even if he is inaccurate and is still developing as a passer. I would say Stroud three and more so uh, for breaking in new coaches than what's around him. I like the fact he's got a premier left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. Titus mm-hmm. Howard's a good player. He's got Damian Pierce behind him. They have the solid group of pass catchers. I don't think they have a true one anywhere, but a solid group of pass catchers. To me, though, I've just I've been a part of it. I've when I was in Cleveland, we had 
uh, first year general manager, first year head coach, first year offensive coordinator. And then, you know, Brady Quinn was breaking in as a first year quarterback. Very rarely does that ever work. You know, it, that's a lot. So to me, when you look at, uh, you know, going to that environment, I think D'Amico is going to be a good head coach, but Sloak's never been an offensive coordinator called plays before. Like there's some, there's some newness there. I think that is a little bit of an adjustment period. So I'll put him three and then Levis four. Just I, I don't think the Tennessee roster is very good. Um, so that would be the reason why I'd put them four. I love Ray Bull, and I think, you know, he'll he probably, I mean, he's not going to be out there starting at the beginning of the season. I think he'll get some starts at some point in time. Um, but I would say that's probably the fourth best environment to go into. I think in terms of ego and the dawn of a new era there with a new regime in Tennessee, I feel like the move, if they don't let ego get in the way and taking a step back, but they already did that a year ago um, in terms of standings. It seems to me that Ryan Tannehill is the savior of San Francisco. Or you know what? Ooh. If you need to, send them back down to Miami. That's what I was I think there's say. a move there. You yeah. know, I feel like one of those two spots would improve either of those rosters better. I, I don't think Tannehill is as good as Tua is, but there was a big drop off to um to Teddy Two Gloves and otherwise mm. and Skylar Thompson, obviously. I think if you plug him in, that's how much I like that uh, Dolphins roster. Um, okay. Andy Weidel, your your pal. You yeah. saw the success. Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble the ball in the second quarter. The Philadelphia Eagles are the are the uh, champions of the world as we speak right now. He moves across the Keystone State back to the homeland, Pittsburgh, PA. As I told everybody the day he got hired, he is going to replicate. The reason that Khan brought him over was not to see if he could bring Jordan Addison in. It was to build up the line of scrimmage. The Eagles have been relevant for the last decade because that's what Weidel and company do. Now he's done it. The question is, can you win in the NFL? I mean, the Eagles just about did win the Super Bowl doing it this way. Can you win being a primarily run-based offense? Um, I would say it's going to be – that would be easier in the NFC than the AFC just because all the quarterbacks you got to run through in the AFC. The NFC, we, we mentioned, it's really kind of two teams right now. So mm -hmm. um, it'll be more challenging doing that. But I also think that, you know, with the additions that they've made and, and you know, look, Omar is, is really well-respected around the league and the fact that him and Andy have known each other forever – um, going back decades to to put them together, I think is a great fit. And Mike Tomlin, you know, it's it's it works. The group that they've assembled there really really works. I think that to me, it, you you would look at it not only they'd be able to run the ball because actually have a runway now for Najee who did not have any room to operate last year, but with the additions on the offensive line and the best blocking tight end in the draft, um, I think they'll find them. I, Kenny's going to find himself in some third and threes or third and twos and second and fours where they'll be able to get some big plays because there's the illusion of run that didn't exist when you're living in second and nine and third and eights, you know? So I think they'll be able to, to be more efficient in the passing game, Dave. I don't think, you know, you're looking at some, you know, five, you know, 5,500 passing yards or anything like that, but I do think they will be more dynamic. They need to be more explosive. And I, it's, it's hard to be explosive if you can't run the ball because there's no illusion of run to be able to get over the top. What do your eyes tell you about Matt Canada? Because I don't know how plugged in you are to the hand wringing on the banks of the three rivers, but the locals are very upset about the offensive coordinator there. I think it's all set up and I have cautioned against. It seems to me it's a bad idea to draft based on what a coordinator wants, because in yeah. success, that coordinator they is going to bump go. up to head coach and going to leave. So I, I, the, 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 um, the short term gain of that is 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 weird to me when you hear like, well, that's what that's what uh, the 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 DC wanted for his deep. Well, who cares what he wants? Make it work yeah. with the with the high end talent that we bring in for him. Um, I do think, by the way, I talked to your old pal Ike Taylor last week mm -hmm. about this, and a lot of people are advancing this. I think we're going to see, and we've seen it over the last couple of years, more two tight end offenses. I remember talking to you about this a couple of years ago when Levy and Bell and Antonio Brown were with the Steelers still. They would put two tight ends on the field. They would go 22. They're not going to put mm -hmm. a fullback in, I don't think. But, I mean, it's pick your poison, isn't it? I mean, is it or or is Matt Canada, do you sense holding things back there that they're capable of being more explosive, but somehow it's an offensive coordinator issue? It's a Kenny Pickett talent issue. What's, you know, where are the limitations of how far this offense can go? 
Well, I, I don't know that you could evaluate him, you know, with, with Matt Canada fairly, just with what they had personnel wise up front. So I, I think this year that's you know, that's going to be an evaluation year for Kenny. It's going to be an evaluation year for Canada. Like you'll know this year. Um, but I think sometimes when people look at the explosives, like there's a lot of elements that go into that. You got to have a quarterback who can push the ball vertically down the field, which I know Kenny can, having seen him do it at Pitt in the same stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not the issue. Uh, well, do you have guys that can run that can get over the top? I think you've seen with George Pickens what he's going to be. He's going to be able to get over the top and do those things. Um, so that's not the problem. The other thing is you've got to be able to put yourself in favorable looks and situations to be able to hit those. And I just don't think they've had that. I, I you know, to me, that's the biggest issue. So I think now you're better on the offensive line. I think Najee has a huge year. Um, and I think that's going to give them more opportunities. And I know that, you know, the analytic studies will say, well, there's no proof that, uh, you know, that the play action is any less successful, depending on whether you're running the ball well or not. It's still it still works, even if you're not running the ball efficiently. Yeah, but as a safety, when it's third and eight, I, I'm not taking two steps forward uh, on a run fake. When it's third and two and it's play action, I'm I'm hustling downhill knowing that I've got a gap I've got to fill. So I think more favorable down and distance because they can run the ball better, I think you'll see a much more explosive group. Interesting point about the play action. Yeah, I've always thought, yeah, well, of course, as a human being, you must respect if, if a guy stops no. to do that and it's your job as a human being to tackle the guy who has the ball, then, of course, you must pause when that when, when that uh, move is made towards the running back. Um, speaking of running backs, we talk about the Chargers. What's going to be with Austin Eckler now? I mean, is is that going to resolve itself? Because this is another uh, yet another year with the Chargers where I really love the roster I really love where they're positioned, even against Patrick Mahomes in that division. But if they lose Eckler, that that's a big ding to what they want to do, eh? Well, I you know I don't think they will. I think he'll be there. I think he's frustrated um, hmm. with just the marketplace and what's out there. It's just in this in this CBA, you can't hold out. Like there's no, it's not an option. So there's too much money that comes off the table. So. He'll be there. He's a pro. I think he was upset and was hoping he could get, uh, you know, a team that would pay him the money that he wants. And there's just not that team doesn't exist. That's going to pay a running back who's a little bit older, even though he's been phenomenal, been 20 touchdown guy. So I think he shows up. I think he has a great year and then he'll be able to, you know, kind of pick where he wants to go. And hopefully he gets everything that he wants. He is a great guy. He's a great teammate. He's someone that I've enjoyed getting to know over the last, you know, handful of years is he's a great kid. And, and, Look, this team is built for him. When you look even at Johnston, like they have all these big, tall trees. They have Herbert. You're going to be able to push the ball down the field. It's going to create more space for him. Uh, and they have an offense, offensive line. When you get your left tackle back, who's as good as any left tackle in the NFL, didn't play much last year, um, that's going to make his life easier too. So I, I think, you know, it, this is kind of an offseason story. I think once we get into training camp, it just kind of goes away. I, I it's a It's a shame. I mean, you're the first guy, I think, like I say, it must have been at least a decade ago that you said this, that for Rem, it was a half kidding. But, you know, it, it, it's in fact uh, something that parents should listen to if your kid's playing football and he's really good at it. Don't let him be a running back. No. There's there's just not the payout plus the the physical attrition you're going to take. And the second contract just not going to be there if he's going to be in the 0.1 percent of of kids who get to play pro football go be a defensive back or otherwise don't be a running back because it's like i feel bad for eckler he's been dominant but he's like i'll show you chargers i quit and slams the door behind him and then he's like uh i guess i'll still play for you if you'll if you'll have me right i mean like that's the position these guys are in with the second contracts um chargers ravens the your 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 Jets now the you know Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, uh, um real quick weigh in on that does that work at age forty is there like we see LeBron James doing it again a difference maker at age thirty eight Tom Brady won a Super Bowl when he was forty four years of age Sidney Crosby thrives at age thirty five but they are devoted singularly to their profession I don't mm-hmm. get the sense that Aaron Rodgers is that guy the cliff is age thirty nine. As far as I can tell for QBs, does this work that the guy who hasn't been to a Super Bowl in 13 years is the savior for a team that's desperate to get to a Super Bowl? I'm curious to find out. My my gut says this can this can really work for a year. And then I would not be as optimistic that it could maintain itself beyond that. So but if you're the Jets and it's been so long since you've done anything, if you make a, a deep run this year, 
And then he's not the same guy the year after, and you've got to pivot and move on from that. I think you'd take it just to have a little taste of success. Um, but I, you know, Tom Brady was on vacation with his shoulder pads, taking drops on the beach. Like that's, that's why Tom Brady played as long as right. he did. like, that's not Aaron. So, but you know, who knows, this could be a, you know, kind of a short term uh, motivator for him. I, you know, he wants to go out there and have a good year just to kind of not only prove himself, but in some ways kind of stick it to green Bay. Um, but again, beyond that year, I mean, that motivation lasts, maybe get you through a year. Is he going to want to maintain that uh, commitment in the off season? I don't know if that's something he wants to do long-term. Do you think, do you think a Super Bowl at the end of 2023 or rather February of 24 is a reasonable goal for this Jets team in this AFC? Um, I would. I mean, if you have a Hall hmm. of Fame quarterback, even though he's, you know, maybe not quite what he was. I mean, he's just a year removed from winning back-to-back MVPs. Yeah, but you, you know, were, that cliff is severe, man. No, when no, it, when it's it not goes, the running backs, it, but it's not as bad as the running backs. Like Peyton was a physical ailment and then he just fell off a cliff. Uh, you know, Tom, like, here's the question I would put to you with the Jets roster that they have, which I, you know, is, is in that mix. And that conversation is one of the most talented defenses stacked. They've added up, you know, they've got wideouts. They've got a running back is as talented as anybody in Brees Hall. They've got a, a, a good group uh, and they've got an offensive line. Just needs to stay healthy. But if I told you that that Jets team last year had last year's Tom Brady, they're a playoff team in the AFC. With that, with that version of Tom Brady, who, you know, if you want to say it fallen off a cliff, that was Brady's slide. And Brady on his slide year would have been enough to get them into the playoffs. Yeah, I suppose. But then I start looking around the neighborhood and I and I do think that the Bills maybe fall back a tick. Um, you know, as they, you know, I've been calling for, for a couple of years, you got to stop Josh Allen being the primary ball carrier. That's not a workable long-term situation there, but maybe they're making strides to do that. Um, but maybe they fall back a little bit. I really like the dolphins. It's funny that the Patriots seem destined for, uh, for fourth place in oh, that no. division. Once again, with, uh, with old Mac there, I really thought they were going to make them. I, I, I thought, Belichick try and do something snazzy, like go and get Lamar Jackson or trade up and and stun everybody and reboot everything. Nope. Sticking with it. Sticking with the plan. Sans, uh now. So Mac Jones is a quarterback in the AFC. So is Patrick Mahomes. This is a debate that we've had here on minus three and extra points over the last few months. How much better is Patrick Mahomes as the QB? Is he that much better than the second best quarterback? Is he... How, how do I ask this? What's the biggest distance from the best at a position to second best? Is it Mahomes or is it, you know, somewhere else, like Aaron Donald or, or otherwise? Ooh, that's a great question. Uh, because I can tell, like Spaghetti has argued with me that if Patrick Mahomes, in fact, I texted you about this. Mm hmm. If Patrick Mahomes had been on the 2022 Bears, who were good with, you know, Justin Fields had a nice, had a promising season, but the team was was junk. Could he have taken that team to the playoffs? I mean, I think we I think we genuflect a little bit as good as Patrick Mahomes is, who will retire as at worst the second best quarterback of the Super Bowl era. I think we're still getting a little over our skis because I don't think there's that big a difference between him and Justin Herbert. Or uh, uh, I'm not saying it's 10 deep, but I think there are three or four guys that can kind of keep up with him. Burrow being another one of them. I, I would say this. I think there's two parts of it. I think if you took Patrick Mahomes out of college and dropped him into these other places, I don't think you would see the A, you wouldn't see the level of success that Patrick's had. And I don't think Patrick would be the level of player that he is right now. But having been fully baked and fully you know, cooked there in Kansas City underneath Andy Reid, under Chef Andy Reid. I think this version of Patrick Mahomes, you could drop anywhere and he would make just about anybody a playoff team, no matter how bad the roster was. Hmm. This version of Patrick Mahomes, because he's been fully developed. The talent was there and now he's been completely fully developed. I would not, there, and he was not fully developed when he arrived. Like that was a, that was a year process to get him to where he is and he just keeps getting better and better. But I, I think if you would have taken him out of Texas Tech and taken him and dropped him into Chicago, and we looked back and after three years, and you know he was a good quarterback, but they weren't a you know they weren't a great team, and he was in in a discussion amongst players and wasn't at the top of the mountain. Um, I would I would believe that. But this version of Patrick Mahomes that we have right now, that's been fully developed with his talent, and now you've 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 had the magic touch of Andy Reid. Uh, this guy, I think you could drop him just about anywhere. 
What about Lamar Jackson dropped into Baltimore once again? He hasn't moved, but Todd Munkin has moved to Charm City now. Is the that's been a conversation I've had with you over the years about the ceiling on this team that you have to invest around Lamar Jackson to build an offense like that. But then it became, well, he never has any pass catchers. Well, now that mm-hmm. that is no longer an excuse that they don't. I mean, they have as nice uh, a group of pass catchers, pretty close at least, as there is in pro football. What's your prediction for where the Baltimore Ravens go this year. And by the way, it's not just an offense question. You know, I have my questions about them at corner. I have a question. I have questions about them in terms of pass rush. I think legitimately a fall back to third place as, as optimistic as people are now that Lamar has been paid out. I still think that there's a real chance. The bungles are the class. The Steelers are going to rise up and I don't know what to make of Deshaun Watson and the Browns. Yeah. I would say with the Ravens, the offense, I think is going to be an adjustment. I, you know, I could see that them kind of sputtering a little bit out of the gate, maybe for four or five mm-hmm. weeks. And I think they'll, they'll kind of figure out, he'll figure out, Monk and will figure out how to use Lamar. Um, they do have a, a, a good group of pass catchers. I don't think the offensive line is as good as it was in their, in their heyday. I don't spend any time worrying about them defensively. The names change the talent level. You could say it dropped off here. It dropped like last year. I think they were third in the league in points allowed. Like there was, you look at that defense and you're like, okay, well they maybe this stat or that I'm like points. Throw all that crap away. What were the points? They gave up like 18 points a game. So, I mean, they're, they're third in the league. The, this team, is it's in their DNA to play defense. They're going to be able to play defense for the next 40 years, no matter who the people are. So it's just what they do. Um, last couple things for you. One, give us an updated list post-2023 NFL draft. The most important positions. If Daniel Jeremiah is in the war room and – Best player available. That's Damashek's way. You know that that's that's what I do. But if yeah. if you're like, we've got to get we're we're starting from scratch with this franchise with this new franchise after QB. List off for me the two or three positions after that that you gotta you gotta get if you really want to be playing for Super Bowls. Not just one magic year, but you want to be in contention for the next half decade here. I think if you have, I just look quarterback and then defensive line is the the two biggest factors and being a championship level huh. team if you you look at the teams last year that were playing in the super bowl those are two of the deepest defensive lines those are two mvp caliber quarterbacks with how they played like that that there's no secret sauce that is the formula it's hard it's hard to be a bad team in the nfl when you have a great quarterback and a great defensive line it just is uh, so i mean that to me is everything that's why you see a team like the jets who take Will McDonald and people go, oh, wait a second, they got five d- edge rushers. Yeah, no, the, if you have five, you want six. If you have six, you want seven. I mean, it's hmm. the, e- the Eagles, the same thing. They've got three. They've got, a, a, they used to call it, well, we had to have an alpha unit and a Bravo unit. I didn't have a military background. I had to find out what C was. Apparently it's a Charlie. So they've got, you know, th- those waves of, of guys to be able to throw out there. That's, that's the way the game, that's the way the game's played right now. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. I get into I I still have conversations. Last year I got into an argument uh, with not an argument, but with TJ Hushmanzada about mm-hmm. the importance of wide receivers. Like, what evidence is there? Cooper uh, Cooper Cup ha- won the MVP and everything else in the Super Bowl, but that's your one piece in the 21st century. You do not have to have a dominant number one wide receiver to make hay in January and February. Okay, you and I have talked about and Bucky have talked about. Uh, the Jenga piece, uh, yeah. the Jenga theory that you know you remove the wrong QB is too easy to do. Um, if you remove the wrong piece of the puzzle, the whole thing will implode on you in pro football. Um, I said, you know, I floated uh, Darius Slay last year. That one kind of pa- panned out. Um, is there a Jenga piece out there? Like, is did TJ Watt prove himself to be the Jenga piece? of the NFL by his absence last year when he came back. I mean, they, they went on a heater in Pittsburgh when, but if you remove him from the equation, the whole thing went downhill. Is there anybody else out there that contends with, with TJ Watt to his importance in scheme and, and, and beyond with team wins? I would say Kelsey would be the one. You know, I, I think if you take really, yeah, yeah. oh, not for some reason my brain's no, not, not Jason, Jason no, okay, Travis. Travis. Yeah, you take <laughs> Travis out, that changes it. You know, that changes that Chiefs team pretty dramatically of just how you defend them. There's not, you can't do anything with him. Like he, whatever you do, you're going to be wrong. So 
that one's the first one that jumped to mind. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers. I know Jamar Chase has missed a little time. Um, but gosh, that mm. you know, when you see that team with him, that's a that's that's one that jumps out to you. I'm thinking of a defensive player. I mean, Aaron Donald's always been that been that guy since he came into the league. You take him out, that's that's a different looking front. So those are some off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of other good uh, like the Eagles have so much depth, you know, that I, I don't know. I mean, Nick Bosa would probably be up there pretty high. I mean, he 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 mm. is a dominant, dominant player who impacts everything. So uh, those would be some of the ones I, I I do love the Jenga piece though, and quarterbacks are not eligible. We have, everybody knows that, right? No, it's too easy. It's too yeah. easy. That right? That's that's for first graders to do. We're talking at a higher level than that. Speaking of which, last thing: the man who told the world, or at least the Ravens' war room, way back when, that Marshall Yonda, Yonda what did you do? You gave him a gold star. Is that what it is? A gold circle? What did? What was the the thing that you did in the Ravens' war room? S- so we used to have red star. So you have a red star. Red stars. Yeah. So you give it to your favorite player. I can't remember if I had given it to him. I mean, we, we all loved him. He was a very popular guy. I can't remember. No, you did. Given. Well, at least you were claiming yeah. you used to yeah, claim well, it. I don't know. I, I might have. That's something. been a minute. Yeah. I know. I know like the ones that I remember, the one that I remember off the top of my head was uh, when Logan Mankins was coming out. So I'd given Logan Mankins my red star. And it was interesting because Ozzy had you know learned under Belichick. And so we all, every scout puts their red star on there. And then when the players get picked, you take their card from the board and you put it under their team, their new team. And like the, the, the Patriots had taken like four of our scouts, red stars. Cause it's like everything that they valued in players, we had valued in players. Cause we came up under the same, under the same system. Um, but yeah, I know. I, I definitely remember the Mankins one. Yonda was one where we were like the, the, the crazy thing about that draft, we took Ben Grubbs in the first round who we really liked. Then we all the scouts loved Marshall Yonda. So then, you know, we're on the clock. And I remember, um, I think it was Eric was saying, Eric DaCosta was saying, you know, Oz, I know we've already got an interior line, but everybody loves Yonda. Like he's still there. Um, So we took, we took Yonda and we almost, we were like, I have to go back and look at where he went, but we were like a pick away from getting Ryan Khalil in that same draft mm. so we we could account you talk about an interior i mean ben grubbs went to pro bowls he got a bunch of money he went to the saints was a good player but if you had yonda and ryan khalil uh on the interior mm. of the same draft it was uh that was where the whole thing was like the line of scrimmage we can't have too many if the offensive lineman defensive lineman take them it's amazing how consistent that is. QB has emerged as being more important than it was in the last millennium, but offensive line and defensive lines remain. And, and I saw you on social media earlier this week talking about who you think has the best defensive line out there, the Niners mm-hmm. in the mix, the Jets. Um, so what is the combo of best QB and defensive line or line of scrimmage if you want to expand it to the other side of the line of scrimmage as well offensive line defensive line QB cuz this will give us insight into who Daniel Jeremiah thinks is going to be playing maybe final fourish type of ball come late January i think last year's version of hurts with that defensive line is was pretty dynamic um so hmm. that would be probably one for me i'll be honest i mean i know you know they need some interior guys to to play well, but just from a talent standpoint, the team that I call with Herbert at quarterback and Bosa and Mac, provided Bosa can stay healthy, it's pretty good. It's pretty it's a pretty good upside, uh, pretty good upside group that they have there. So I think it's no, it's no mystery when you look at the AFC. I think it's a lopsided league right now. There's so many more, you know, talented teams and championship contenders in the AFC. And then that's the reason why, because you you have a hard time picking who that is, the combination of quarterback and defensive line. It's a great podcast episode, by the way, is uh, is ranking those just just those two factors together. Maybe you give it maybe we we uh, we collaborate on that and come up with a score like maybe it's a one to ten. We grade the quarterback one to ten. We grade the defensive okay. line one to ten. We combine the scores and we come up with our list. And then order of and then beyond that, you can give points, but they'll be less significant point totals for lesser positions. The ones that are completely irrelevant will set aside. I like that. Count me in for this one. No, that was uh, um, okay, that was, that, was based, for- that summed us up real quick. By the way, there I come up with a very clean, simple, understandable formula that we can all point to. Yeah, and then Dave just makes it completely convoluted and complicated. That's that's Damashek right. at his best right there. <laughs> it's my way. Um, 
the uh, we could give, give quarter us, points oh, okay. if we just give quarter points to the specialists. <laughs> you know, you keep uh, you keep this up. I'm not going to give you my extra <laughs> ticket to PNC Park when the Padres are oh, there in October. Oh. What does that cost? You're going to want that ticket. You're going to be me, me and a dozen of my friends. <laughs> Down in the OC, is that right? Are you you're the voice of uh, Anaheim Ducks fans down there <laughs> lamenting that you didn't get the first overall pick? But yeah, you live in the you live in Orange County. Have you met? No, I more don't live in Orange. Money lives in Orange Ducks County. Fans. I live in San Diego. Come on, I don't right? have I don't have Orange County money. You're not OC? I'm down in San Diego. <laughs> Bunch of poppers down there in the <laughs> Manny Machado. He's, he's trying to put two pennies together. All right, give us a red star for somebody not taken in the first round. So we'll look back on this in five years and say, Daniel Jeremiah said this guy was going to be a star. Yeah, I won't say that he'll be a star, but my red star player just off of watching him would have been Marte Mapu, who, of course, the Patriots took. He's a Sac State linebacker. He's kind of a safety hybrid type player. Uh, didn't get invited to the combine, but he's 220 pounds. Like, oh, what do we do with this guy? And uh, he just runs around and makes plays. So he's he would have been my red star. Now, he might be someone who's an unbelievable special teams player who plays in their, you know, their nickel, their dime. But like, I, I'm telling you, at some point in time next year, you're going to be watching a game and you're going to see a Marte Mapu like with an interception or a sack fumble. And you're going to go, who the heck is this guy from Sacramento State? What's he doing? Um, they got him. I think he was a 76th pick, uh, something around there. So that that's the guy that, uh, you know, hopefully makes, if he doesn't make the team, I'm going to look bad, Dave. So hopefully he makes the team, but I, I loved watching him. He was my favorite player to watch. <laughs> I love it. Hey, one, one last question that just occurs to me. You play, we, we talked about it. We, you, you, your uh, signal caller at App State, big upset over the Demon Deacons way back when. The the original, the OG App State upset, not that one up in uh, Ann Arbor that followed. If we plug prime Daniel Jeremiah, like you leave there, all the accolades, you 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 say goodbye to, to the gang there in Boone. You move to San Francisco. And we put you in a time machine and we jump you to 2022. And Jimmy G gets hurt. We got no choice. We got to put the kid in. Daniel Jeremiah installed in the San Francisco 49ers 2022 offense. How much worse off are, are they than, than they were with Brock Purdy? You're the same size as Brock Purdy. Significantly. Uh, it's a significant drop off. I would say if you were looking for what that would look like, I would say if you didn't. If you didn't feed Tim Rattay for two months and threw him into an NFL game, that would probably be what I would have been there. <laughs> I want you to have some confidence. I, if I if you put Damashek in there, we wouldn't be as good. I, we, we might, we'd be on the cusp of the playoffs. I don't know if no. I could get us all the way there, but I, I, I wouldn't be a liability. I'd be like Elway, you know, like Elway. Sometimes the reason they had the rally in fourth quarters was because he stunk for the first three. That's Damashek. I'm a, I'm a gambler. I'm a gunslinger. I'll get us into some trouble, but nails when it counts. You understand? You know, you know what, what I, I want for you? I wish that everybody, you know, because you, you, especially when you go to your kids' events, right? You go to their kids' little league games. You go to their flag football games or whatever, and all the parents, and you hear all the glory stories, right? I wish that everybody had the same fortune that I did which was to actually get a chance to end up scouting in the same sport that you played. Because any any illusions of grandeur you have uh, of your past and how good you thought you were, I watch players every day as a daily reminder of how much I sucked. Because you see like this, is oh, this is what it really looks like. Oh, gosh, man. Uh, yeah, no, I was not very good. <laughs> Don't you diminish yourself. You were great, but even better now doing what you're doing. In fact, the best in the business i think mel kuyper belongs in the hall of fame he's the og but you have elevated that job that gig just like lenardi did for bracketology that's what daniel jeremiah is to draft scouting you are the guy everybody leans on we appreciate you carving out some time for us see i'm a class act i don't bug you in your busy season i wait until you're over just before you're about to begin your hibernation your summer long hibernation. So uh, I appreciate all the time today. And I said 20 minutes and we went well past that. So I'll, I'll, I'll just end with this. Um, if, if life hits you and you have uh, some financial issues down the road, Dave, 
you can convert your your office right now into a deli because I've never seen that many frame pictures like that outside of a delicatessen. <laughs> I'm like a TGI Friday, aren't I? <laughs> I mean, like, is there me is there air. if you if you tell me right now that if if you can prove to me that there's not a signed Tommy Lasorda picture at some point, it's somewhere on that wall right there. And you can, Tommy Lasorda, it'd be Jimmy yeah. Leland or Chaz Tanner. What are you talking about? <laughs> and in fact, you say that you say that. And right there is a bill Cowher sign. See? <laughs> See? Right See, yeah. And uh, yeah, and the thing is, look, you do a podcast and you serve meatballs. Everybody wins. <laughs> All right, there he goes. Going to go spin some 80s one-hit wonders probably yes. just for his own pleasure. He also does it on every TV set he's on. He's always uh, keeping things lively out there, playing men in hats and all that, kind of, men without hats and all the rest of it. But uh, anyway, DJ, you're the tops. Uh, have a great summer in hibernation or otherwise, watching the Padres and all that. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's either Jenga piece it or do our combo thing that you just yes. cooked up QB uh, yeah. and line of scrimmage thing. As we collaboration, there's a collaboration coming soon. I appreciate you, buddy. You're, you're the tops, pal. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Good stuff, Eddie Spaghetti, right? He Daniel Jeremiah is absolutely the best. I mean, we obviously mean you have a relationship with him for years at the NFL, but like he has this special quality of like when he says something, you just go, oh, yeah, he's right. It's like we have other guests on not to 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 shame them or anything, but sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know if I agree with that. When DJ says you're like, this guy's right. He knows everything. He's just the best. One of the best sense of humor too. one of the best guys. Um, So they, that, that was awesome to hear all that. You liked it because he agreed with your Patrick Mahomes jive. I mean, I I think that, he's wrong. NFL he would not take he would, watches, uh, agrees with that take. You're on an island. I'm I, I'm absolutely one one thing I'm not is on an island. Everybody agreed with me when I when I solicited the uh, the opinions of the blue ribbon panel. You're on an I island did not with name. a few They're, other people. All right, so be it. Um, all right, let's give some best bets and then we'll get out of here and we'll get deeper into NBA and NHL with Kevin Hench later in the week. But right now, Eddie Spaghetti, let's kibitz about a couple of series out there. Um, color me stunned. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I really thought the dubs would get over on the Lakers. I'm not saying that it's over. The Lakers have three shots now and I get any cynicism that is Lonnie Walker, the fourth base. Like, well, the Lakers wouldn't have won had it not been for Lonnie Walker. So how sustainable is that? My pushback on that is now they just need to win one out of three. So they're pretty close. So that performance by Walker was worth it in and of itself because it gets them pretty close to the finish line. Meantime, on Wednesday night, Celts laying seven and a half to the Sixers. How say you spaghetti? I think the, the Sixers will rebound in this one. I think a lot of people, I, I follow a ton of people from the my Boston days, and they think that this will be the blowout game that the Celtics do win. I, I do agree with that. I think the Sixers needed to basically uh, play a perfect game just to win that over and then overtime with the James Harden shot. So I do like the Celtics to uh, eventually win this game and the series. Gut punch, though, for the Celts. That was a tough one from a fan level. Sure. Um, I assume that the players are a little more resilient. Jason Tatum is all over the place. Um, I, you know, to me, 
it, it's not worth it uh, to bet the money line with the Celts, but I do think that they win this game. I say parlay it with Jason Tatum under, I mean, uh, yeah, under nine and a half rebounds. I know that's a very particular thing, but he has exceeded his regular season rebound total. So if you pair um, Tatum, I'm sorry, over nine and a half rebounds, I should say, which he has been double digit in rebounds. Um, I think seven out of 10 postseason games this year, plus the Celtics money line bet that pays out at, uh, at plus money, I think plus 140 or something along those lines. I like the nugs back home to win there. I think that they will cover the five and a half. I really am anxious to get Hench's thoughts on, um, on the Yolkish slash Suns owner kerfuffle. Um, by the way, there is a race to 10 tonight. The against all odds boys are going to be doing that Sal and company. So make sure you're checking that one out real quick. Spaghetti. Do you agree with my Nug Suns pick? I do agree with that. I don't know who's going to win this series. I actually thought at first the Nuggets were like the team that probably, I believe Martin was saying this on lemon pepper as well, that they should be the favorites to to win the NBA finals. And I'm like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They're kind of flying under the radar. But now that the Suns tied it up, I do think the, the Nuggets will get uh, this game, but the series is going to be a tough one, uh, tougher than I, I did think. Yeah, I, I am inclined to think that the, uh, you know, obviously I could be proven wrong. I think the winner of the Nuggets Suns series goes to the finals. And I think the winner of the Celtics Sixers series goes to the finals. Oh, the yeah. big questions are who's going to win those two series. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Celtics are are going to be the class of the league, but plus 410 for the Sixers. I know Sal's in on the heat at this point, but I think you want to take a look at if surviving the East, the Sixers, if you are hip on what Embiid and Harden are doing, um, some nice juice there. All right, listen, we'll get into more of it with Kevin Hench later in the week. Make sure in the meantime, you're listening to all the great products out there on the uh, Extra Points Network. And until next time, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>